The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Radical Personal Finance, the show dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, insight, and encouragement you need to live a rich and meaningful life now while building a plan for financial freedom in 10 years or less. My guest today is Anthony Amos, who, Anthony, where in the world are you right now? Mate, we're actually in Florida as we speak. Ah, you're near me. Tampa, Florida, mate. Yes, I okay. just see you just down the road from me. If you come over to the east coast of West Palm Beach, uh, let me know after this so, so we can arrange and so I can connect with you while you're here. But uh, you great. are in the middle of a giant trip around the United States. You and your family are from Australia. Uh, you're traveling all around the United States, all 50 states and some twice over. Tell us what you're doing and tell us about the scope of the trip. And then we're going to get into how you made this thing happen. All righty, so here's the uh, as what you call the elevator pitch, I guess the Americans say over here. Um, we are family of five, uh, 13, 12, and 11 of the kids, girl, boy, girl, beautiful wife, a little rescue dog, and three rabbits. Uh, we have a 63-foot train, which is a 41-foot RV, and a big blue dog on the back. And the big blue dog is a grooming salon that I brought over from Australia, which I'll get into in a minute. We are traveling the country, 50 states, uh, over 150 cities, washing dogs at shelters and events and raising awareness for animal adoption and animal rescue. We want to raise a million dollars and we want to save as many dogs as we can. And we're talking in the thousands. So for the next uh, 12 months, starting in uh, April, we're doing our last leg of the tour. We've been going a little bit over the six months, finding our feet in the marketplace. Uh, and now that we've got our strategic partners, our sponsors, we are ready to hit the ground running on the 30th of April in LA with a Larry King red carpet event with all the uh, celebrities that have got rescue dogs. So we're getting ready to pound the pavement, my friend. And so from that date, the 30th of April, at that point, you're going to go and you're going to do all 50 states over the following 12 months? Exactly. And, mate, we've nearly done 30 already, so we're going to be doubling back over more than half to um, to accomplish our goal. Really incredible. So you, in your story, you bring together a lot of things that my listeners and I really love to, to hear about. You know, you're a businessman, uh, a very successful businessman. You're doing this with your family. Your children are at a beautiful age to build family member family memories together. They're all involved in the work that you're doing. And you're not only having a giant adventure, you're doing it uh, in a way that's in a, a subject that's very, very meaningful to you. So this is a perfect fit for radical personal finance what's your backstory how did how did you come you know what was what was the path through business and how did you come to to hatch this idea well let's just sort of let's not go back too uh too early so uh, out of high school i played um football which is my rugby league back in australia you guys call it rugby uh i started at the age of five finished the age of 30, retired when I was 30, but I had two professional years in there. Straight out of high school, I um, played professional football at 19 and 20. And in the off-season, when they had off-seasons back then, I uh, was really interested in 
wanting to do something on my own, mate. I, I think the biggest thing with entrepreneurs is when you find it difficult to be told what to do. Now, there's a big difference between being told what to do and being coachable. People are coachable that are that are in, in turn respected the right way and valued the right way. But when you're being told what to do like a dictatorship, entrepreneurs arc up about that. Now, some people are vocal about it and others just say, screw you, I'll, I'll get back in my own way. So my biggest issue was I loved the game so much, mate. It was in my veins, but I just really struggled being told what to do with these particular trainers and coaches. So in the off-season, I, um, <laughs> I had a garden trailer in my backyard and my brother and I went and bought a hydro bath, which is a uh, dog sort of bath that you put in that you put dogs into. And we went and bought one for fourteen hundred dollars, stuck in the back of the garden trailer. Put an ad in the paper, rented a mobile phone, and charged ten dollars to wash people's dogs. And that's pretty much how the business model for me of hydro dog actually started. So after a uh, a year or so, we we hit the market right at the right time. People getting their dogs washed was unheard of in Australia. You just you know, the old story is, ah, she'll be right, mate. I'll just throw the dog in the dam. No, he swims in the pool. He doesn't need a wash. Mm-hmm. So we had to sort of break that barrier, and we did. And uh, in a very short period of time, we had five employees plus my round and my brother's round, and we were killing it. What happened, though, was over a short period of time, once we got to those seven trailers on the road, um, it had rained, and the operators wouldn't get out of bed and go and work. They'd get drunk on Friday night. They wouldn't turn up on Saturday because they were hungover. And one of the girls got pregnant. She literally walked away from a huge round um, because, obviously, the, the bub comes first instead of the um, the business. So we got ourselves into a little bit of trouble with these employees' attitude, and we realized that you have to have skin in the game in this particular industry. So long and short of it, we franchised the business and um, – this is actually a very, very cool story for, for your listeners out there of what can really drive you in some circumstances. We had a goal once we reached 100 operators. This is before we franchised, but we got to 100 franchises in a very, very short period of time. And our goal was to fly to Geneva, to buy a Rolex, and to celebrate the fact that we got 100 operators on the road. So mm. my, motiva- my motivation, this is a true story, and a lot of people will relate to this. My motivation wasn't getting 100 or making all the money, my motivation was going to Geneva and buying that Rolex. So my, you know, why, if you like, was a bloody watch. But it was more than the watch. It was achieving something that was so far out of our reach, you know, coming out of the football world and, you know, getting in and getting our hands dirty. You can imagine a a big bloke like me, 250 pounds playing playing rugby and then – you know, going out and watching dogs. So we, we just obviously didn't care what people think. And we built a huge empire and was very, very successful. So um, we built, then bought the big blue dog out. I said to my brother one day, I said, look, I don't want to do this anymore. It's like I hit my goal, mate. I hit the 100, got my watch, and I thought, you know, it's, I don't want to do this anymore because I was the one dealing with all the personalities with the franchisees. And God bless them. I love them. It just got a lot, a lot of work. So... Uh, my brother said, look, we're leaving too much money here. We've, we've got to be able to do something. So we turned it into a master franchise, which meant we sold all the states and territories in Australia, which is only seven in comparison to your 50. <laughs> um, we did that within 18 months. And now all these seven were looking after all our franchisees. It was the perfect model for me. I'm now talking to sophisticated entrepreneurs that are bought into our idea, that are loving what they're doing, and we just grew rapidly. So – Again, after two years, my interest again. That's what entrepreneurs do, mate. They get to a certain level that you bust the, the, the glass ceiling. There's nowhere else to go. So what do you do? We sell the business. 
we sold the business, mate, right before the um, the financial crisis, the world wow. financial crisis took over. Perfect, perfect timing. However, we got into property development. What do you do when you make a ton of money? <laughs> <laughs> Go and lose it <laughs> by yeah, investing right. in things you have no experience <laughs> yeah. in. That's what everybody so, does. <laughs> that's, when, when you get a ton of money, what do you do? You go and become a property developer. <laughs> so the biggest, oh, the biggest no. lesson I learned, <laughs> I know, I know, and, and I'm talking big. We're talking Ramada Resort on the um, North Queensland, the most beautiful water you've ever seen. It's a hundred million dollar build, and um, you know we're we're really really excited. But when the crisis flipped we actually had an american company that was funding the build so the, we couldn't pull the money out we couldn't roll the money over therefore the um the development fell over so my beautiful wife god bless her she said let's go to america you know hydro see this is the lesson for the listeners i knew franchising and the grooming um pet mobile industry like the back of my hand i could have done a blindfold i actually washed dogs myself for six years so what that does mate it gives you the inside information to your business model, which is ground ground level work, hands on the tools, understanding the business principles, working with the clients. So when franchisees bought off me, I was doing what they were about to do. So that's why they really embraced the business model. Then when we became a master, we still had a master area. So we were just like the masters. And then, you know, then we sold it. So my wife's like, you know this back to front we didn't know property development we got project managers but we didn't know it it was it was a little bit arrogant to be honest with you when you think about it you get a sum of money you jump into something you know nothing about and that was a really big lesson so came to america brought over the big blue dog i found the manufacturers i found my business partners and we got up and running got some really great business partners with some big capital and big things were happening so it took us a year to franchise the business and america is very very different to australia australia's got one franchise agreement that covers the whole country you guys have something like you know 11 um states are the same and the rest of them are individual franchise documents so it's it's a minefield over here completely different sure so um bring these guys together and after about a year of piecing it together mate i went back to uh, australia for a funeral and when i got back the guy said look we've gone through this we're leaving too much money on the table we want to corporatize i went no you can't corporatize i've told you if you don't have skin in the game it's not going to work. So the long and short of it, a year and a half later, I, we, we had a buyout, by the way, and I started two other companies of my own and invested in a few others. And, you know, things are really good. And, and still to this day, I have those businesses, which are great. And um, that's a lot of those have helped with the, the tour, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. Anyway, so a year and a half later, they ring up and said, look, you're right. We're going in liquidation. Do you want to buy the company back? Now, Joshua, I've got to tell you this. Outside of marrying my beautiful wife, and having my three kids, that is number uh, five on the table. It's one of the most exciting, exhilarating moments of my life. And as far as business goes, the number one and best thing that's ever happened to me in business. When you get back your company, you know, for pennies on the dollar, um, after starting it from nothing when you, when I was the age of 21, it, it just, it, there was something magical about it. So I get the company back and... Um, we start to work out what's the program now of how do we build this brand across the country. Now, to the kids' credit, they were watching the um, Humane Society ads. You know those ads you guys have got here, mm -hmm. the tear jerkers with the celebrities talking about how bad it is? Right. So anyway, the kids were just at the right age to really be impacted by this, and they went back to my beautiful wife and said, what can we do now? We've got Hydro Dog back. So in the middle of the night, 
Um, Rachel wakes me up, and, and I've got to be honest with you, I thought I was getting lucky, but no. She said, let's get a 40-foot RV. <laughs> so I was sort of lost, and I sort of won at the same time. <laughs> and uh, we then strategized and thought, okay, well, what does this look like? So we literally put the big blue dog, which is on a transit van here in America. In Australia, in Australia they're all on trailers. So we converted it to a transit van so we could tow it. Now that's the model, which is just fantastic. No one has to tow anything anymore. It's just a big uh, transit van, Ford transit van with a big blue dog on the back. And if your listeners jump on the website, they can, um, they can see what it looks like. It's just it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Very impacting, mind you. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we put the dog on the back. And we commit to a year and a half because we just know that we've got to really sort of find out what the marketplace is like and um, we want to raise a million dollars. So I'll tell you this. This is a really good example. I've been in the pet industry for 20 years and I haven't been in the rescue industry. I was very naive thinking that there was a, um, a crossover and there wasn't. The rescue world and adoption world is a completely different beast. Right. It's political. Um, organizations are fighting against each other. You've, you've really got to get your right medium with the right people. And the moment that we became partners with the greatergood.org and .com, that really changed everything because now we know who are the right people, the right people's intentions. And, you know, it's a doggy, doggy world out there. I'm telling you, it's, it's a really tough environment. So now we've got that in place. Then we've got wild pets that come on to support as strategic partners. And now we've got all these incredible sponsors um, that have come on board that um, you can see on the side of the bus and see in the write-up when you jump on the website, which is just really, really amazing. So anyway, we get on this journey, 50 states, you know, um, over 150 cities, and we, we get on the road. And I'm telling you, mate, the trials and tribulations of just trying to find our feet. We were chasing the media. i I tell you one thing about social media today. You remember the old saying, build it and they will come? Mm-hmm. Right. That was that was Rome, right? Right, that, right, I, right. I, I know firsthand that that does not exist anymore. Social media was our nemesis. Everyone loved what we were doing. Can you imagine five Australians in a big RV traveling around the country with a big blue dog? It's, it's great never story. been yeah. It's never been done before in the yeah. history of America. Yeah. How exciting. So Absolutely. everyone's on board, but no one wants to commit because we've got 300 followers on right. social media. Right. And what we should have done is we should have built the story before we built the actual adventure itself so people could get behind and do some social media posts and get people interested enough to see when's, when's the launch going to happen, how's it going to work. But we did it the hard way. But, you know, wait, when I look back and I think about us pounding the pavement like we did, we chased all the Fox Morning crews. They'd come out and they'd do their little interviews with us and it ended up giving us some great exposure. But that's when the greater good have gone, look at the commitment that these guys are doing. They're driving all across the country. I mean, we drove from Vegas to Knoxville within 33 hours to get to an event and made it by 45 minutes. And these people are like, look at these guys. You know, they're really making a big difference by, you know, getting out there and putting everything on the line to get to this media. So now we don't have that. People are coming to us now about the events and having this, um, what we're calling our, our launch, if you like, in L.A., uh, with Larry King. We did a great interview with Larry King up in North Carolina. He, it was such a wonderful experience. We had Larry King in our RV interviewing the family. Right. Like, can you can you imagine, Incredible. like, growing up as a kid, he first interviewed Roosevelt, like right. the, the first president. He's interviewed every president since Roosevelt, and Larry King is in our RV interviewing us about our expedition over the next uh, year and a half. Now, I've got to tell you, mate, that, that was one of those things that I can – say to the, the, the kids and my wife is we, we've done something that's so impacting from a from a guy like that so 
with that, his um, business partner, Philip, who's a great guy, uh, working together on a reality show and doing this red carpet event that's going to unfold on the 30th of April in LA and bringing all the celebrities with their dogs and, um, you know, adoption and rescue and all that sort of stuff. And that's when we're going to do our launch from that day for 12 months. And then we'll just branch out and do the 50 states and get ourselves um, around the country. So we're really now created a wonderful platform um, to have a bigger impact than, um, than initially thought. This is an incredible story. And what I love about it, is, especially with regard to my audience, is it brings together your own personal focus, your own personal business, uh, and your work there to, to help build your business. Because uh, am I understanding you correctly that you're still running your businesses, uh, all of them from the road, while you do this uh, adventure? I do. And what's happened since then is this, this – let me tell you how committed I am to the, to the 12 months that, that's coming up. Um, I've jumped back into some of the ones that are very um, time-consuming. I've got my partners to step up and take them to the forefront. And I've said, give me 12 months. I've got to be totally dedicated to this tour and everything will overflow from the exposure from that. I mean, we get this reality show that becomes a reality. That's a game changer. That, that turns everything into you know, our opportunity of raising the money and getting some great exposure for the businesses will just go through the roof. So um, I've said to the guys, I really want to make this a focus. This is what I learned in the early days. If you have one business that you're really, really good at and you give it everything you've got, and I remember a, remember a statement where um, someone said, if you had five seedlings and one bucket of water and you fed them each day, they would grow to a certain height. But if you had one seedling with one bucket of water, that seedling would end up being five times the size of the trees in comparison. So HydroDog was the only thing I had for 10 years. I just gave it everything I got. We made a lot of money, again, but then we went into property, which is still on this same example. Um, but I didn't divert from what I knew. Then coming over here into the US and getting the buyout that I did, I went into all these other businesses because I'd already got to that level. So now I'm wise enough if you like and i'm able to use the partnerships and leverage and all the all the uh, wonderful lessons i've learned along the way I, I was in a position to be able to do that but now fast forward it to the tour i have to give it everything that i've got now and everything else just has to take a little back seat because i know the value in having that one water can with that one seed now the commitment that i've actually given i'm an australian i love to have a drink one day a week after working Monday to Friday, my bum off, I would then have a drink on Friday or Saturday and really give it some, really have a, a big night and, uh, you know, get on the piss, as we would say in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, I've given that up for 12 months deliberately so I can have seven days a week focus on on the tour itself. A, it takes the drinking day away and B, it takes the hangover away. So I'm now fully focused 100% seven days a week with the family. And I think that's a really good example that I'm showing not just to the family but to also the business people that are involved in what we're doing and that is you've got one crack at this you've got 12 months from April to really make hay while the sun shines mm -hmm. and sacrifice everything else and put it into perspective and not look at all the other businesses and just really concentrate on this tour because the overflow from this mate will be hydro dog will come out of the gates we'll be selling these franchises across the country where we have developed relationships with the shelters the events that we've dovetailed into and, and also um, created. And when we finished the tour, we didn't want it to finish. You know, the legacy of the Bay the Save Tour is we've created such a noticeable mark on this planet that people will, will start thinking about adoption. It will start thinking about animal rescue. 
Now HydroDog will come into each one of those areas and then back up what we're doing and have that franchise in that area with the relationships that we've created. So think about this for a number. There's 200 of these big blue dogs in Australia. Let's just say there was 200 of them here in America. And each one of those blue dogs saved one dog a life once a month. That's 200 dogs we'd be saving every month here in the US at an absolute minimum forever. So the bait that saves two might finish in 12 months, but the hydro dog will create the bait to save legacy forever while that franchise is alive. How cool is that that we can do that ongoing once this tour finishes? Yeah, absolutely. And what's awesome about the story is not only, you know, with your personal example with the, with the children of saying, okay, I'm giving up alcohol so I can be fully focused, which sets, does set a great example. In addition to that, they're fully involved in the work of this. That was one thing I was so happy to see when I met you. I was at a podcasting conference and I didn't meet you first. I met your children. I met your uh, uh, younger two, which were 12 and 11 year old. I met your 12 and your 11-year-old first, and here they are at a table full of adults telling the adults what they're doing and telling them about their project. So you've created an incredible opportunity to really engage with them, teach them business skills, teach them marketing skills, involve them in every step, and to do it in a very family-integrated way, which I love. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because this is the bottom line. They're not along for the free ride. These kids are part of the ecosystem, and what they bring to the table are elements, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, are elements that my wife and I couldn't do with everything that we've got going on with creating this tour because, mate, there are so many moving parts. But what they contribute and how, how hard they work, plus they've got school on top of that, and they do – this is another great part of the story. They do what's called School of the Air back to Australia, which is a curriculum for the kids in the outback that can't actually get to a school. So they're learning the, the, the Australian – um, curriculum, and they have a couple of tutors here in the US to make sure they stay on track with that. But listen, on top of that, that you know, the, the way that they get to the events, they wash the dogs, they communicate with the customer, they text them when the dog, you know, it's time for their bath, they take the money, they have the conversations, and then there's the cleaning up of the RV and setting up of the RV and the dog. And then my son, Austin, you know, he's only 12 and he'll take the big blue dog off the back and maneuver it around so I can actually move the bus around and everybody's in this together. And I think what they're learning is work ethic. They're also learning what it's like to um, be an entrepreneur because there's so many variables at the end of the day that, that goes wrong. You know, we have some, you know, some pretty awesome times, but mate, it's, it gets stressful, oh, yeah. you know, having, having oh, yeah. <laughs> a small family to 200 square foot home, mate. I'm, I'm telling you, there, there are days where we want to kill each other, but you know, it, what we're doing overrides the days because everybody, you know, has their challenging days. And it's how you look at those challenges that makes the difference for us to say, all right, what do we got to do to make that little bit better or make it work? But to for them to understand how to minim, minimalize, you know, work out what we really have to have as a bare minimum to make all this work as far as clothes and, you know, the kids aren't playing sports, you know, they're, they're not around their normal friends. And, you know, they're sacrificing a lot as well. But I think one of the biggest things I know that, that my wife and I are contributing to this is an example when I was up in North Carolina, there was a guy actually um, working in the restaurant and he, he I, know, t- I love telling the story so people can, can follow us with what we're doing. And uh, he said, well, where's your favorite place? I said, um, Oregon. He said, where? I said, Pacific. And he finished my sentence and he said, city. I went, yes. He's a 50-year-old bloke that turned into a 10-year-old, how passionate he was about growing up in Oregon with his grandparents, and he explained everything that was there that I 
had just gone through running up the dunes and being on the restaurants on the beach and having a fire on the beach. It was just incredible. And then a light globe went off in my head. These kids are going to go to the minimum of every single state in the country. They're going to go to hundreds of cities and they're literally going to go through towns and places that some of the average um, Americans won't even go to. Now, when they get older and they hear an American accent anywhere in the world, they're going to be able to go up to them and say, where are you from? and instantly going to have rapport and a conversation with somebody. Now, you think of the value of that when you're growing up and you're at a dinner table or you're at a bar or you're somewhere, you know, magical and, and you, you hear that accent and you know that you've got information that can create a conversation. I think that's a really valuable tool. Yeah, it's huge. Man, I can't wait. To, I want to talk to you in a year and hear how they've changed. But six months in, what, what changes have you seen in them over the last six months so far? Um. I think it's their maturity level. I mean, they, they're, little, <laughs> they're little adults. I'm, I'm probably the most immature out of all of them, to be honest with you. They've really got their shit together. They, they know how to really talk uh, on a um, personal level with people. They're very engaging. They're very respectful. They're not afraid to talk in front of the camera. They know their information that they can deliver. And, you know, they've become very compassionate um, with the circumstances that we've involved in because – even though we, we're doing a great thing in saving lives, there are times where little dogs don't get saved while we're there and the kids get heartbroken about that because they want to they save every single dog that we see. So there's a lot of that emotional content that they've had to harden as well. And I think when you see five dogs and you know three dogs get rescued and there's two that are left behind, and sometimes we don't know whether they do or whether they don't, you know, they, they get in the bus and they have a little bit of a cry to themselves. And you know, going through that process is, I think, giving them a wonderful tool of, understanding the levels of emotion and, and how you can't save every dog, but you've still got to remember you're doing something that's great. Yeah, absolutely. With regard to the finances of the trip, um, feel, uh, you know, I want to hear as much or as little as you want to share. Respect your right to privacy. But you're doing this in a way that I think is so remarkable in that uh, you're seeking to raise a million dollars. And I assume, is that going to be donated to charities? Or, or I'd love to hear what you're going to do with that. You're also using this as a foundation for personal marketing of the business. There's a huge potential opportunity there. But this is obviously a lot of money to get this rig set up and a lot of personal investment. How, how, have, how did you arrange the finances of this? Well, I think when you look at um, the million dollars that's getting raised, now that's money that is all in donations and that people actually put back through um, the greater good. So the greatergood.org is our 5013C and everything that we make from the raising of the money at the event, washing the dogs and online um, uh, adoption um programs that they do all goes back to them and that's that's the money that's going to tick over to account for um and just real quick i want to clarify you guys come into a town you set up a a big event that you publicize locally you bring people in uh they have they pay to have their dogs washed uh by volunteers and by your children and you and then that money is what's being donated to greatergood.org yep 100 percent of that money goes back to them but also before we get to that event, the greatergood.org will go out and put out a program of people to donate when we get to that particular town. So with the customization of um, Facebook and other avenues where they can target people who live in those areas, they then come online and they donate $5, 10 $20, and before you know it, it's in the thousands. So right. that's a combination of that in both. Now, the second component is for the tour. 100% of the money that's done um, that goes through our e-commerce and anything related to that goes goes towards 
the tour itself, which is the fuel and, you know, the accommodation, everything you can imagine. We've built up this e-commerce now with a, a great platform that all of those fundings, 100% of that goes towards the, the tour. But up until now, we've been completely self-funding the, the whole process. I mean, we've got some, some business partners in as well that have, you know, wanted to get a bit of equity in the, in the game. But we've also, you know, pretty much financed through other companies the, um, the whole thing right until now. But now it's time to turn it into, look, we've tested and measured the marketplace. Now we've got people that can come in and be confident, especially the sponsors, of getting a return on investment with national exposure and, you know, social media marketing and all that sort of thing. We've really ironed out all the bugs for people to come in and, and to take great advantage, especially if we get on this reality show and, um, you know, the Larry King event and what have you, they're going to get some incredible um, national coverage. So, you know, we've got a handful of sponsors left that I want to tie up before the 30th of April, and that'll just solidify. And I don't have to worry about it after that. We can just get on with the business and, you know, create some real magic. As a business person, I'd like you to talk to the process of getting sponsors because this is something I think many people could use, especially if people maybe don't have as much money as they'd say, I'd love to take, uh, I'd love to take 18 months and travel around with my children all around the United States. People could use it, but it's a business. You've got to put up first. You've got to be able to get exposure for a potential sponsor. And so if you can take a skill set that is a real skill like marketing, building a platform, attracting attention – and you can turn that you can monetize that skill set through sponsors with an epic adventure like this uh, but you've got to recognize that you've got to bring huge value to the sponsors as an entrepreneur talk about that process since you're right in the middle of it and teach my audience how they can go and do something similar well uh, the example i used before i'll go into more detail is that when we started with 200 followers i thought if we get five or six sponsors to completely fund this We'll be, we'll be on our way. But no one did because no one saw any effort put in. We just came up with an idea, wrapped a big bus and said, all right, let's go come on board and get some national coverage. It didn't work like that. We, mate, I promise you when I say this, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to almost look like this is a made-up story. When I told you we went from Vegas to Knoxville for that one event, we then drove from Knoxville to New York for one event. We then drove from New York to LA for one event. <laughs> That's what a and thousand then we went bucks of fuel. Uh, uh, oh, mate, I'm telling you, but the, the thing was, I reckon I'm the only person that can drink a five-hour energy drink and get 10 hours out of it. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely pounded the pavement because we were following the media. We were getting on the Fox morning shows where they did live segments with yeah, us. Yeah. We'd turn up there at 4.30 in the morning. They'd come out at 5.30. We'd get all we'd go there the night before and wake up in the morning, have a quick shower, and come out and do the interview. But then we went from L.A. Um, we were right up into um, Sacramento, and we went all the way back down to um, um, what's the place I'm trying to think of, which is down the bottom, the, the ones that got the most beautiful weather in the country. San Diego. Um, so went down to San Diego, did an event down there, then drove all the way up to Seattle. Um, this is all after one event, all, all following the um, – the morning shows with the news, and then we drove all the way up to Seattle. This was the turning point, and this is how we were rewarded, I believe. The greatergood.com were in Seattle. They came out. They did a Facebook Live with the kids, and we went viral. The very next day, we did a morning show, and the same thing happened. At that event, after that, that morning show, people were asking the kids for autographs. That was the whole turning point. So wow. the reason I share that is when we started – we wanted people to bring sponsorship dollars to the table because we had an idea. 
no one no one wanted to jump on board. Everyone loved the idea, but no one would commit. Now we get to that that story after traveling all of those miles and just going for one event and chasing the media. People could see the effort that we were making. People could see the time that we were taking. People could see and work out the money that it was costing us to do that. And they were going, you know what? If they're prepared to sacrifice all of that as their family, then we should take a chance on these guys of us getting involved. And that going viral was a reward of all the hard work we put in. And then people started to take us seriously. We then get on the Rachel Ray show. We then get on the Larry King show. We then get a, um, this red carpet event and the the, um, the reality show. So all of that started to steamroll and all the sponsors started to come out of the woodwork and, and coming to us to be a part of it because they saw the effort and the energy and the commitment that we were putting in. So my advice to anybody out there that wants to do this, you have to prove your worth first. You can't ride on the coattails of your previous success. And that's what I did. I was very naive and I thought, who's not going to want to invest in me? I've already been there, done that, and created one of the largest franchise systems in the world. People are going to, and they did, but they're like, you've got 200 followers. How do we, yeah, but it's going to grow as we, yeah, we know, but how long is that going to take? Now we've got 100,000 across the board of Hydrodog and Bade the Save. That's what we're starting with this time. We are starting with 100,000 followers and people that want to um, be a part of this tour in April. So now it's a different game changer. So anybody looking at to do this, you really have to show your commitment and your worth to um, add the value first. If you don't add that sort of value, then people aren't going to take you seriously. Yeah, no question. How do you, what is your work? Preliminary question. Are you, do you schedule time for fun on this trip? Have you been going to any national parks, doing any sightseeing, or has it just been 100% work the whole time? It's, sadly enough, it's, it's been 100% work, and we've tried to fit in bits and pieces if you sort of have a look at our facebook stuff it's we try to get in some pieces but this time we are scheduling in things so we can turn it into not just the bathe the save tour but also so people can feel live vicariously through the kids of going to some landmarks and fitting in that time and sort of splitting it into two pieces that we've got the tour where we're going to raise the money and we've also got the educational component of going to all the landmarks around the country so the answer is it's pretty much been 100% work with little pieces in between of trying to do that. But now it's going to be a balance of both. We're going to reward the efforts of just making this next one so tight with the events that we're going to be able to enjoy ourselves as well. How do you schedule your days in order to, uh, you know, you're with your family. That makes it a real challenge to do work. But yet uh, you're also, uh, you know, how, how do you schedule your days to actually get work done in unique living circumstances like this? Um, Gee, I'll tell you what, it, it's been so challenging because we don't have a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a routine. We, there's no routine, and, and I know that, that humans need a routine to be able to sort of get things very, very productive, but without having a routine, you just, you have to fly off the seat of your pants. We, we were so productive, we get so much stuff done, but yep, we're, we're late, we can be unreliable with phone calls. I mean, if you want to schedule a three o'clock appointment phone call with me and everyone's on board, there's a chance that something has just come up that I've got to attend to now because it's one of the sponsors or the strategic partners or the event that's come up. And the hardest part is actually putting in a time frame where I need to be able to call somebody and get them on board in my, my schedule. I mean, it's all over the place, but incredibly productive. 
but so many moving parts that we just can't nail things down. It's um, It's been very, very challenging that way because, you know, just with the gym, I, I mean, I was a guy that went to the gym every single day, but every time that we are somewhere, it's somewhere different and we can't get to the gym. We've got some weights on board, but it's not the same. I, I think one thing that we've learned is not having a routine and being in any environments. The environments totally dictate your your habits. And when you can't get into a habitual process of, you know, trying to find those results, that really pushes the boundaries because this is a very uncomfortable environment to be living in. And, and you know, <laughs> you say real growth comes out of being uncomfortable. And I'm telling you, and me and the whole, <laughs> not just me, but the whole family, we are um, comfortable being uncomfortable. That That's the point that we've got to. It's, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a reality. We just, nothing can shock us anymore. I mean, we just, you know, take the punch and get back up and keep keep moving forward. It's 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 very very much like that. It's so unpredictable. Exciting, Anthony. This has been an amazing story. Close us out with uh, final words of wisdom. Tell us about your website. My audience may be interested in donating and getting, being involved with your Bathe Save tour. My audience also would be interested in hearing more about your franchise information. So, give us kind of your final closing words of wisdom, and please share with us any action that you'd like us to take. All right. I'll start with if you go to bathe to save.com, which is B A T H E, bathe, T O S A V E, bathe to save.com, you can do two things. You can jump in, on and donate back to the greater good, which is to the, um, the rescue site. And you can go to the shop, click on shop, and buy some merchandise, some shirts and jewelry, and you know, help fund the tour so we can actually um, take a bit of pressure off and really make this a reality. That, that would help us more than you can imagine. Um, with hydrodog.com, which is H-Y-D-R-O-D-O-G, hydrodog.com, a very close affiliation. It's the number one sponsor of the tour, doing all the washes and what have you. Um, we Franchises will be sold very, very soon. You know, we're talking in a month's time, we'll have our first big blue dog out of the mold, ready to, um, to start selling franchises. So you can contact me through that. We've got a master plan uh, involved where you can buy big territory and put franchisees in to sort of compensate for the the save recognition that we've got so they're, they're the two big um, websites that we're working really hard on um, to be a part of what we're doing and the wisdom that I can that I can leave you with is this is a an, an old one but you hear it all the time but you know to be a real entrepreneur it's just about never giving up never ever 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 give up just keep going through when a day looks like it's not going to happen you know if you just keep your mindset right it will you just don't give up if you give up then that's when you lose um, the second one is learn to live in the moment. You know, it took me four years consciously to live in the moment. When you've got a problem that you know that you can't solve and you think you're trying to come up with a creative answer, you've just got to be able to learn to let it go, not deal with it until you have to deal with it. Because when people say, oh, I can't sleep because my mind's racing, that's such a load of bullshit. It's because you're trying to problem solve something you have no control over. So if you consciously work out how to live in the moment and really enjoy those things along the way, that's when you're going to experience the whole journey. And as I've said to my wife, we, women are, are nesters. They, they want to have security. They want to be, you know, in one place. And it's really hard, this, this trip for the girls especially. Um, we've got to realize that it's not about the destination. It's truly about the journey. And each time that we come across a problem, just get back to living in the moment and appreciate all of us being together and visiting these 50 states. So, they're the two big ones for me, living in the moment, never giving up, and everything else sort of revolves around that to make it work. 
Anthony, so inspiring. <laughs> I've got all kinds of ideas about how I'm going to copy your uh, <laughs> copy your uh, your example in future years. Thank you for coming on Radical Personal Finance. No worries, mate. Happy days. It was a great interview. You're a great bloke, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again. This show is part of the Radical Life Media Network of podcasts and resources. Find out more at RadicalLifeMedia.com.